Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hello, friend. Welcome to the show today. I am so glad that you're here with me and that you're listening. And one thing that you might not know about me is I was part of a step family growing up. My dad died when I was 10 years old, and several years later, my mom remarried, and it was hard. It was challenging, and I had no idea how hard it was going to be. I thought when they got married that it was going to heal that dad wound and losing my father and we were going to live happily ever after and all get along. And little did I know that it was going to be really challenging. And the sad thing about it was that my mom and my stepdad did not have the support that they needed to really be able to process through all their feelings that were coming up for them and to focus on their marriage and just trying to blend a family. And I didn't have that support and neither did my my step-siblings or my brother. And it resulted in divorce. And that was hard. And my special guest today, Michelle Wolf, talks about what it was like for her to become a step mom. And she became a stepmom right before the pandemic hit. Can you believe it? (laughs) What that would be like. And she talks a lot about what came up for her being a stepmom, what feelings arose for her, and how she began to set out on this journey to work on herself and heal from some of the wounds that she had and the difference that that made. And even if you don't, if you're not part, if you're not a stepmom or you're not part of a step family, this episode is really helpful on healing our wounds that come up as we're parenting and, and what we do with those feelings and also how to become more of the mom and the woman that we want to become so that we can show up in ways that are going to build that deeper connection with our kids and those we love. So let's dive in. Well, welcome, Michelle, to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. We're going to talk about some awesome stuff today. So really excited. Ah, Thank you, Cheryl. I'm excited to dive into all of the things that we've got on the list to talk about today. (laughs) I know. We were just talking about how long we're going to be on and that we have to... (laughs) 
We can't go a full hour and we I'm sure that we could. But uh, yeah, I just want you to tell our listeners, I'm getting to know you and you're doing amazing things and you have your your hand in many different areas. Uh, right now, you're a, you're a stepmom, you're an entrepreneur, and I want you to tell our listeners about that. You're a health and wellness coach. And yeah, so how did you get started? What are you up to? I'll just give you the floor. Sure. Yeah. I'll say I'm, I'm, I'm in this stage right now. I'm, I'm really enjoying life. Like I'm just like so happy with all of the wonderful things that are happening. Um, but it wasn't always like that. It's been a journey. Um, so I was originally a registered massage therapist for like 11 years ish. Um, and I knew that I needed to make a transition. And so I started my podcast, move forward podcast, I actually started a food blog because I was obsessed with like health and nutrition. And that stems from my past where I lost my mom. She passed away from cancer when I was eight. And so I just had this like obsession and excitement for learning about health and wellness. Um, But I didn't know exactly where that was going to take me. And then, you know, fast forward a few more years later, um, I am now full-time stepmom to my beautiful daughter, Sarah. Uh, she will be 11 soon. Um, and I have just started my fitness apparel line called move. Oh, I was going to say move forward, but that's the podcast move life <laughs> and move. I always spell it with a U. So M U V E. Um, and so it's just been really exciting learning how to, have my own business. And it's something I've never done before, you know, learning how to market it, learning how to have a daughter to inspire and excite her, but also have time and energy to learn more about her. And, you know, she's in that stage where so many things are changing for her. And, um, so there's a lot going on, but it's been, it's been really fun. And I would say that, um, therapy's helped. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's a little start to it all. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's just a diving in a point. Um, we'll just get real deep right off the bat. So how has therapy helped you with all of this? So through the pandemic is really when I started to be full-time mama. So um, just a heads up, my stepdaughter's mom passed away. Um, a couple years back, three years back, I want to say, what was it like a year before the pandemic hit? Um, and so through that year, it was amazing. Um, getting to know her, spending more time with her. I still had my own condo. They had their house. Um, and then with the pandemic, it was like, we didn't feel comfortable with her going up and down the elevators and just, there was so many unknowns. So I ended up selling my apartment and moved in with them. And so it was like, full on, full tilt mama <laughs> during wow. a pandemic. Wow. Okay. In so the pandemic. So we're all home. Okay. So my partner who I've had for many, many years. Okay. And then becoming a full-time mama and being an entrepreneur and going through a pandemic. Oh my God. It was a shit storm. <laughs> But also so beautiful. Like I'm going to be completely honest with you and say that it was actually really amazing. And I'm one of those people where I look at the blessings rather than looking at the bad things that are happening. And so I saw it as a time to get close um, with her, to get to know her more and to figure 
figure out like how this is going to work. Um, and there was a lot of things come up. There were days where I would go to my car and I would cry my eyes out. I would call my friend. I'd be screaming like, this is crazy. What am I doing? This is nuts. It'd be about once or twice a month where I'd have like 24 hours of like, I need to just get out. I need to go. I need to do my own thing. I don't want to be around anybody. I need my space. Cause I was left alone since I was a child. I've always been on my own all of a sudden being just like, poof, you're in an instant family. Um, all these things are coming up and I didn't understand it. And I was starting to have these really nasty thoughts about my stepdaughter. And let me tell you, I love her from the bottom of my heart. And she is actually a, an angel. Like she's such a good kid, but I was having thoughts like, um, I, I remember thinking like you spoiled little brat, like how dare you just sit there and not help me. And I would have this anger build up and I thought, this is not me. Like I don't speak like this or think like this ever to anyone, let alone somebody I love. And so I knew I had to get some help and figure out what was going on. And luckily the therapist that I had seen, you know, 10 years prior for some stuff that I was going through then, she had been developing this whole trauma therapy teachings. Mm, And so she she said up front, you know, I do trauma therapy now. And I was like, well, that's a blessing because I'm pretty (laughs) sure that's what I need. (laughs) And sure enough, we went back to some really interesting times of my life and a lot of what was going on with my relationship between my daughter, as well as things that were going on with my partner were past traumas that I had been through that were leading into my relationships. And so I needed to deal with that garbage, that stuff that I had not dealt with that I didn't even know in my own thoughts. And, um, I dealt with it and I worked through it and it helped me really understand them better as well as like why I was having my thoughts. And I mean, it sounds so simple, but it's great. <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't have those thoughts about her ever anymore. You know, the, the, the thought in my head is completely transitioned to, oh, she just doesn't know that yet. She hasn't been taught that. And I am here to give her the support that I never had. And so I'm going to support her by teaching her the best way to, you know, X, Y, Z, to be a good human, to help out around as a family. Like it's my job to support her. The one thing that I didn't have, or I didn't feel like I had from a motherly figure Mm-hmm. When I was growing up. So therapy, oh, I tell you, it is painful and horrible, but so beautiful all in the same time. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, there's so many things that you said there, and I think it's really powerful what you shared for our listeners to hear your story. And you could be telling my story. It's a little different, but my my oldest, who's now 32, when she became a tween, that's when everything reared its ugly head for me. Okay. And I had had panic attacks at that age. And all of a sudden it was so weird. I started having panic attacks again. It was like I was back there. But the yeah. difference was my daughter was expressing all of these feelings. Like she was angry and she was expressing her sadness. And I was like, 
what the heck? Like, we don't do that. You know, we don't, we're, we don't get angry. Like that's not okay. Versus then it ended up where I got into therapy. It's actually how I started doing what I do today and healing those wounds and being able to look at my own anger. And like, I thought I'm not an angry person, but here I was, I realized I had all this anger, but I could not support her just like you're and funny. Her name's Sarah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I meet Sarah's all the time. I know. My natural path. Like so many people in my life are now Sarah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. And so if, if we open, like one of the things that you said about yourself is that rather than focusing on the negative, you are always learn looking for the hidden blessings in it. Mm-hmm. And so you are willing to step out of your comfort zone and be courageous and get that support in order to really be able to, I mean, heal yourself, right? Doing the trauma work, which I think trauma work is so important, but then you could support her. Yeah. And imagine how different it would be if you hadn't done that work. Oh, I don't know that I'd still be here. Um, It was all in around that time where I just, I knew in my heart also that like, I wanted to start a business or like do something different. And I knew that I needed to do something because I'm like, if I want to be like this bright light for the world, if I want to help people in the way that I know that I want to help them as well as my daughter, like I want to be, oh my God, I just, I want to be her biggest cheerleader. I want to like, I want to feel good myself in order to help her feel good. And how can I do that? Like, what is the best way to do that? And I'm like, so I I need to figure out something. I need some help. And I didn't even really know a lot about trauma therapy. I'm going to be honest. This is like a whole new ball game for me. I've, I've, I've recently now dove right in and I'm obsessed, but I didn't really get it. I thought, you know, and, and as a child, I thought I never had to have therapy and I had a really great life. Like I'm so blessed. I never had to have help. I never needed help. I'm just fine. And I remember this one friend saying like, there's going to be a day where you're going to laugh and you're going to say like, oh crap, I needed that help. And I got it and it worked. And it's like, yes, like finally I listened and I actually got some help. And, um, it's, oh, I just, I, like I said, when I started this conversation, like I've never been happier and like, I'm not even in my dream house or have all my money that I want to have, or have, I'm not even traveling at this time. Like I'm not even doing all the beautiful things that I want to do yet. I am so content with my family and my, my state of mind. Like, I think that's the biggest piece, right? Yes. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're happy in here, you yes, know, because you've gotten it all out. Like you had all these feelings and mm-hmm that you hadn't processed through. And just even that when you were talking about your friend and that you were calling in the car and screaming and yelling, like getting it out, like we have to have a safe place. And I know you have a community where people can share their stories and get support. Like we have as well. And it's so important to have that place to go. Otherwise we're just leaking it all out on everybody around us. And Um, And then another thing that you said that I just thought was so powerful was just, you know, doing your own work in order to be able to support her. I mean, just really powerful stuff. Yeah, it it is. 
And that's the whole point, right? When we take care of ourselves, when we truly spend time on our self, on our soul, on our mind, on all of that, we innately become better for the people around us. It seems it's so funny when people think that it's so selfish, like, Oh, I have to go take time for myself. I need to do therapy. I need to go for a massage. I need to, you know, have a walk. I need every single morning during the pandemic. I was gone for an hour, if not two for a walk by myself, because I needed that time. If I didn't have that time, I was going to go bonkers. And so you, you, you feel so selfish and we can get into that too. Oh my God. I felt so guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we were going to talk about mom guilt too. Girl, she used to call me. And I got to one point where I was like, I've never thought I'd tell you this, but like, you can't call me. You will, you can't call me on my walks. Like you, unless the house is burning Mm -hmm. down, you will not call me. It took a while. She'd still be like, Oh, it's just an emergency. I just, I can't find this one thing and I'm sure you can help me. And so, but that's okay if you're busy. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) is it something that can wait till we get home till I get home? (laughs) Well, you had a boundary to take care of yourself. And I think we're so afraid to do that. As moms, you know, we're afraid. And I'm just thinking, gosh, that you were just becoming her mother, so to speak. You know, you were filling that void. You could have gotten, and then the pandemic, you kind of could have gotten so sucked into that vortex and that pit and then felt so resentful. And uh, it's really easy to go there, I think as, as a mom, like, oh, I have to be available to her. She just lost her mom and she needs me. And so I have to be there 24 seven. And I can relate to that with, with my family, like taking care of myself, how I can start feeling guilty or they need me in some way where my kids are even older and they can be around. And I'm like, they need me. It's like, no, they're fine. Go to my exercise class. Yeah. It's really, it's a really tricky place. And I will say that I still do feel it. And like, if you think about like, even when you're like out or doing your thing, like how often are we thinking like, oh, I should hurry up. I should get back. They're probably needing me or, oh, I need to take care of this because that needs to be done later. Like our minds don't stop. Like we truly care in such a different level than any other human being in on, on earth. Like and, and I know there's some men out there who are like that as well, but in general, typically women, and it can be very harmful to us. Like, um, I met somebody, I had a conversation with somebody recently and she has a, a certain disorder, a disease. And when it acts up, it's when she is having to care to some, like take care of somebody on a regular basis, like free, yeah, yeah. whether it's a cat, mm-hmm. a dog, her husband, her children, she feels this all always having this like guilty anxiousness. Right. And so her disease flares up, but when she has a weekend away with no animals in the house, no children in the house, no husband, she's full of energy, no aches and pains, like her body is thriving. And so it just makes you think like, what is that guilt doing? And how can we stop that guilt at the best of our ability? Right. Yeah. So I will say like, I, I mean, and, and, and you can do your best. And I know that we'll still always have a little bit of it there. Um, but I just try so hard to focus on like how it feels good for me to then come back 
and know that she's no, she knows that I'm taking care of myself. She sees me taking care of myself. And like, I don't know, there's just, there's so many positive things out of taking care of ourselves first that we really just got to keep sticking with that and focusing on that because it's just so important. Yeah. You're modeling it for her and what a gift that is. Right. And you know, what's funny um, out of all our blog posts, when we put them on Facebook and the, the self-care does the worst <laughs> and they do not. And I think I have a theory about that. I feel like we're so, trying so hard to do everything right. A lot of times we focus as moms on fixing our kids. Like you could have focused, I could have focused Well, I did try. I wanted to fix my daughter, but then I was brought into the therapy office you know, into the session, the last 10 minutes, and it dawned on me that I was the problem. Yeah. You know, and, but we want to fix our kids or we want to do the right thing. And we're driven by that. And then the mom guilt, but the most important thing we can do is like to fill our own cup, to take care of ourselves, to model that for our kids. And it does, like you were talking about the, the woman, it creates anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I, I relate to feeling that, oh my gosh, they need me, or I'd better pick up this call. We're just so used to picking the call up or reading the text or being yeah. available at all yes. times. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh. And, and it's not that I don't like being with her. Like if you, if you watch even just like my, um, social media, like my Instagram stories, you oh, will know yeah. that like, I'm obsessed with this kid and we do so much together, right? Like at the after school, I'll pick her up. We'll go to the beach for like two hours and she'll just play in the sand and the water. We'll do photo shoots if she wants to. We'll, we just have a hoot. Like we have so much fun. I take her to all of her sporting events. I was the coach on her baseball team. Uh, like just, I'm, I'm very involved. And so I can have my time away too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. You're very intentional. Right. I have to ask you, what was that like for you that you, you lost your mom at eight and here you are, you're feeling, she, she loses her mom at what, seven? Did you Mm -hmm. say seven? And what was that like for you? Like giving her what you did not get because you lost your mom. Has that been healing for you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I think I mentioned it already here where I had those thoughts of like, Mm -hmm. how dare you? Like you're, you're spoiled little brat, right? These thoughts came into my mind and I remember, you know, oh, okay. I'll give you an example. Um, so when she's, um, is it when she's going to bed or if she's hurt even, immediately, I think, suck it up. You're fine. Suck it up. Come on, let's go. Because that was probably what you were telling yourself as a kid. That's right. You better suck it up. Better suck it up and keep going. Because I didn't have anybody to hold me and allow me to cry and to feel what I was feeling. You know, I had a dad who was a tough guy, like, come on, let's go. You're fine let's rinse it off with the hose. Like you're fine. And don't get me wrong. My dad is like a teddy bear. Like he gives hugs and he doesn't let go for like three minutes. Like he's an angel, but there's still this like rough and tough that you get from a father compared to a mother who 
gives you that space and energy to be yourself, to release your emotions. And, and I never had that. And so, and so for me with her, it was really tricky seeing her have all these emotions. And I just kept thinking like, suck it up. Like, why are you such a baby? Meanwhile, she's having these feelings. She's allowed to have these. She should have these feelings. I want her to have these feelings. So why is my mind telling me one thing? My heart's telling me another thing. My voice is expressing another thing. Like all of these things are happening all at once. And I don't know why they're not working together. So I was so confused and, you know, little things happened throughout the time. You know, I remember I have a nephew who passed away. It was all, I had one year that was terrible. My nephew passed away. Um, that's when Sarah's mom was really ill. And, she, and, and I mean, I knew that inevitably she was probably going to pass and she ended up passing that year. My sister's house burned down. I had some health issues. It was like one year of like total destruction. Okay. It was like 2018 or 19, right before her mom passed away. And then the pandemic and my nephew passed away. And I remember at the funeral, um, my sister-in-law said, can you please talk to the kids like her older children? And can you let them know what's going to happen at the funeral? Can you let them know that it's okay to cry and to, to like just different things. And, but can you let them know that mom and dad would like them to stay seated beside, beside us, like that they'll stay beside us. Um, but that you guys are there to support them too. And I just thought, of course. And I thought she's asking me this because she knows I've been through it. Yeah. And what a blessing that I can now, I'm like getting teary eyed. Yeah. Yeah. I can now be their support because I never had that. I had an aunt who tries to force me to go where I didn't want to go during, during my mom's stuff and like try to be up front with her where she had passed, like where she was laying and I didn't want to be there. I was so uncomfortable. And now I get to be the one to hold their hand and support them and say, whatever you need, I'm here. Talk to me, tell me if you need anything, let me know. We are here to support you. And I was like, well, that's my job. Yeah. How beautiful. How beautiful. Right. I love the, um, the saying wounded healers, you know, or the, I don't know what you would call that, but when we go through our own pain and we work on our own healing, how we become wounded healers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so beautiful. And that's exactly such a picture of what you've been able to do through healing, working on your own wounds and trauma, um, that you could give that to them and give them that permission. I'm curious when your mom died, did your family talk about it? We didn't talk about the death, but we always talked about my mom. So that's a big part of our family now. Um, Sarah's mom is a big part of it. We have pictures of her up. I got them developed. I put them up of her and her mom. Um, and we talk about her on a daily basis. What was your mom's favorite color? What did you guys like to do together? Oh, I remember you telling me this story when you were little that you guys went here. Do you remember anything about it? You know, so it's, it's a constant conversation. Birthdays are celebrated. We do cupcakes or we release a balloon or whatever feels right for her. Um, we're just very vocal about it because I I actually never really realized I was when I was little, but my, my best friend actually acknowledged it one day. She's like, 
One thing I loved about your family is that you always talked about your mom. She was always still a part of your family. And I thought, oh, interesting. Like I never even thought about it. It was just normal. Like we just always did. Um, And so it was really important for me to make sure that that happened in this household as well. So yeah. And and then it's not uncomfortable. You know, I, I, one of my, my daughter's grandparents said, you know, we didn't want to bring up her mom because we didn't want her to be uncomfortable. And I said, she's going to be a little uncomfortable sometimes, but she prefers it. She wants to talk about her mom. She doesn't want to forget her, you know? And, and when it does come up, you don't want it to be like alarming or, or scary. You want her to be comfortable with her mom and her conversation and the conversation. So so, um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's a big part of our lives. There's like a big theme of like leaning into the discomfort, leaning into the pain, leaning into that, um, allowing that healing into your life, even though it's unc- painful, like you said, like so painful. I mean, when I started doing my own, um, healing work, it was super painful. It can still be painful, you know, different things that come up, but, it, like you said, like I've never been happier. And that was another point I forgot to mention is what I um, hear a lot from clients is they're afraid to go there because they feel like they're going to fall into this pit of despair and never get out. Mm-hmm. Like if I feel my feelings, yeah, if I let myself feel this pain and I'm I will always say, you know, actually, after we talk about what they're afraid of, it's like actually that is going to bring more joy into your life. When we suppress one emotion, we suppress them all. Yeah. And that's what I found. All of a sudden I was like laughing so much more. I was so much more joyful. And it sounds like that's been your experience too. Just freeze you. Freeze you. you. And I, and I was thinking while you were talking, I'm like, for the listeners who don't have, like, maybe they're a step parent, but they, they're, they're, the other parent hasn't passed, you know? So it's, you know, two households. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a lot. Cause I think like, as much as it's so tricky for us, I'm so grateful. I don't have another parent <laughs> to deal with. I wouldn't, I would prefer her to have her mom. However, I guess, yeah. you, know, you know, there's an easier piece to that, you know, not having to deal with that, but I would do it the same way. Like I would make sure that we still talked about that other parent and not have it be like a, a topic we don't talk about. Like, Oh, what did you and your mom do this weekend? Or, Hey, what did you and your, your other, like, what did you do while you were at your other parent's house this weekend? Like, I would want to know, I want to talk about it and not have it be this hidden conversation that like, oh, we can't talk about it because that's awkward and uncomfortable for the step parent. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I would, yeah. I would want that communication. And I think yeah. the more you talk about it, the easier it gets. Exactly. I just did a workshop on how to talk to your kids about your tweens and teens about sex, which so much is self-respect and dating and, you know, how you're going to help your kids navigate their sexuality, all those things. Um, But one thing that I was struck by as I was just writing it is how uncomfortable so many of these conversations are, but that's what relationships are all about. Like, you know, it's having these uncomfortable conversations. There might be conflict, you know, the other person might not like to hear it, or you're going to make them a little uncomfortable, but then where that's what creates a closeness in our relationships. 
you know, where, you know, that bond and you've been willing to go there with your stepdaughter and yeah, how, what a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's been amazing. And that sex conversation actually came up last night. Maybe I should send it to you. I had to edit out a ton because it was, I mean, yeah. Oh, I was, it's hard. It's a hard conversation, you know? And, um, I just started during the workshop being uncomfortable. Like that was one of the harder conversations to have. And it wasn't, it's not just birds and the bees. I mean, there's when they're tweens, teens, they know birds and the bees, you know, it's more navigating all the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so tricky. She's like, fine. Just tell me right now. Just tell me, I don't want to learn in school now. You just tell me right now. And I was like, no, 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 no. You got to prepare <laughs> me for that one. I was like, I'll tell you if you want me to, but not right here, right now. Or we're on our way to your grandma's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was she wanting to know about the birds and the bees or was she? Yeah. She just doesn't know any of it. Right. And she thinks she does, but then she doesn't. Cause she's like, but I don't understand how come. I have a bit of a book, like, how come there's the boy and the girl? I don't understand how you get it from the boy. And I'm like, oh, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Then we start talking about sperm and she's like, ew, that's weird. Oh Oh my gosh. How did you find out? Oh God. No idea. Nobody even, I didn't even understand what a period was, or I never really truly like comprehended it. Like I know we were taught it. But I just like, again, I learned everything on my own. So I grabbed a tampon and put it in the first time and just figured it out for myself. I wanted to go swimming. I'll just figure it out. It was a year before my sister realized that there were tampons that were missing. A oh year before she so she's, so where are you in the birth order? I'm the, I'm the baby. I'm four years younger than her. And so dad always just made sure that we had them around and she would just say when she needed them and he would pick them up for her. And she just finally realized like, why are there less than normal? I'm like, I've had my period for a year. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) So as for sex, I mean, I don't, I don't think I ever had a conversation. I don't remember talking even about friends. Like, I don't know how I figured it out. Do you remember? Oh, I learned it a sleepover. I had a sleepover. Someone had a sleepover and everybody knew but me. And they brought me into into the bathroom and they were like, and then this happens. And then he does this. I was like, no, you know, I was like so disgusted. And I went home and I said, mom, please tell me, you know, it's not so. And she's like, well, honey, yes, that's, it it was just, you know. (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh. She will have a million questions. I know she will. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's awesome. But see, she has you. You didn't have your mom to no. talk about that. And no. a lot of times men don't know how to have that conversation, especially with a daughter. Yeah. And I'm really excited to teach her to respect her body. You know, not saying that I didn't, but I didn't have anyone say, like, your body is precious. Like, respect it and make sure that you have people in your life that also respect it, respect you respect your choices. Like you have a right to say what you want and what you don't want. And if it doesn't feel right, you say no. Like I remember teaching her that what, that, that it wasn't okay for anybody to touch her privates except for her. Mm -hmm. And she had a little boy who touched her bum. 
Okay. She was mm-hmm. more like she was angry and she spoke up and she told the teacher and she told us, and that boy was not allowed to hang out with her anymore. And I thought, this is just a little piece of showing her that that's her body. She yes. didn't want him touching it. I'm sure it's harmless. But that again, that's me just saying that, oh, that's harmless. It's not harmless. It's her body. It's hers. So it was so powerful for me knowing that I was the one who told her, nobody touches you. If anybody touches you on your bum or in your front or anywhere that you don't like it, you tell us immediately. And she did. Yeah. I love that. You're empowering her. Of course. And I think self-respect is the biggest piece of it. Yeah. You know, and paying attention, like, no, I do not, you know, that is not okay. Yeah. Or this is something I do not want, you know, and paying attention to that, having that red flag feeling and listening to it and not fluffing it off. Cause like, see how I just fluffed it off there. It was probably harmless, but I wouldn't, you know, for me, I was taught that, Oh, it's no big deal. Michelle, you didn't mean it like whatever, just let him, you know, when we were kids, that's what was, would be say, Oh, he's just being silly. But when you think about it, it doesn't feel good. No. You know, to have even a, a boy, a young boy, like, you know, be patting your butt. It just, it doesn't feel good. So then why won't we say, Hey, don't do that. I mean, I, my, cause I have a grandson and it was interesting. He was on the side of the pool and he had a boy playing with him and the boy kept like just doing something he didn't like. Yep. And I was so proud of him because he said, he looked at him and he said, and they were laughing, but he said, I don't like that. And it was like, he was maybe splashing him in the face a bunch, you know, or I think he was actually kind of pushing him down in the water, Yeah. even though they could. And he's like, I don't like that. So why would we, Yeah. I get it. I mean, I wanted to say what you said too, because we're thinking, oh, our listeners are going to think, what's the big deal? You know, you're, you're seven years old, you know, but it's, it's just that little seed of listen to yourself. If it does, you know. That's not okay. This is your body. And if your child comes to you and tells you that, and you just say, oh, it's not a big deal. I'm sure they didn't mean it. Well, then what's going to happen when something more serious happens? Mm-hmm. You're be like, why didn't you tell me? Well, because I didn't think you'd think it was a big deal, right? You taught me that it's not a big deal if they do something that I don't like, but you got to teach them from the beginning. Oh yeah. Your yeah. body, your space. And so if you don't like something, you speak up and we'll take care of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm noticing the time and I want to honor your time because I know you have another call, but I want to hear before we hang up, this is such great, you know, conversation we're having and super helpful. I'm sure to our listeners, but you have, I have to ask, you have this clothing line now, this workout apparel. What is that? So what you got to tell me, what made you decide to do that? How it's going? how long you've been doing this. We're starting a store, but we're doing more like mom t-shirts and, you know, coffee mugs, that kind of thing. But, um, and we're having somebody else make it for us. So we're not going to have to worry about the shipping and all of that, but oh my gosh. So this is a whole new thing. And how's it going? And how do you look out? You know, you look, (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, it's going amazing. So I had the idea for, I want to say like thoughts came into my mind about it probably like 20 years ago. And then I realistically thought maybe it's possible, maybe 10 years ago. And then finally it was like, one day I woke up and I was like, it's on all of my mood, like all on my, all of my like manifesting boards. And, um, I, I know that I want this to happen. So why am I not doing it? Like, why am I holding myself back from actually creating this fitness apparel line? Um, you know, finances, excuses of any sort uh, were coming into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I just, I said, today's the day. And I just started researching it and diving into it. And I am all about comfort and really promoting movement. Like I'm a firm believer of movement of any kind of any mobility, any, any person can move in some way, whether it's just with your mind. Um, but I'm just like a firm believer of movement movement. I really believe that when we stay still and stagnant, that causes diseases and illnesses. And so I'm a firm believer of moving forward in whatever capacity that is for what you need. Um, and yeah, so I launched, um, August 10th. Um, and it's been very exciting and I had a great launch and now it's just promoting it and getting it out there and waiting to go viral. So if anybody (laughs) wants to make that happen, (laughs) feel free, movelife.com. Um, so yeah, I've just been having lots of fun creating on TikTok, and, um, now I'm just booking in like different like shows and different things to, to get it out there. It's high quality, um, products. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of that and comfort. And, um, so that's it. Just super- oh, congratulations. That's super exciting. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And, and so tell the listeners where to find you, because I did go, I, I found you, um, on Instagram and then you have your own store there on Instagram and tell them everything that you're up to and where to find you. Sure. So I'm on Instagram at the Michelle Wolf, but then I have the Move Life um, Instagram as well. So Move Life, M U V E L I F E um, on Instagram. And so that's more of like the business um, showing the products and people who love it and all of that. Um, and I share a lot about like health and wellness on my own page. And also, you'll see me and my daughter franticking around doing all of our fun things that we do. Um, and then I also am on TikTok and just having a blast creating over there as well. Um, more recently. And yeah, so that's those are the two best places that you can find and follow along. Great. And then you have your podcast, which wow, you have done so many episodes. I was like, look at this girl go. And did you start it? Did you start it in 2020 or uh 20? it was either 2019 or 2018, uh, the year where I had all that destruction. It was that fall, that January, um, is when I launched it. So what is that? Four ish years now, I think it's been going on. And yeah, so I'm, I'm, I was doing two to three episodes, um, a week and just like having a blast. So talking about manifesting and mindset and spirituality and just moving forward from any life struggles. I've had the most incredible guests, um, which is really powerful because when you open a business and then all of a sudden you have all of these wonderful people who are, yeah, it is. it's it's really powerful. Um, but it's helped me practice to be able to like have conversations like this and feel really confident and, and, um, 
and and feel good getting a message out there that's going to help somebody you know it feels really good knowing that somebody's going to hear this and be like oh i don't feel so crazy knowing that i'm having these thoughts or you know that this has happened in my life you know you can listen to my crazy and know that we're right along with you <laughs> yeah exactly just telling the truth you know about what's so is just so um refreshing you know yeah so i love it and it's move the move right m-u-v-e podcast is that um on instagram the move forward podcast yeah the move forward podcast that's right okay i just wanted them to know exactly where to find you and yeah so wonderful thank you you, michelle it's just been a pleasure talking to you yeah, this has been fun. So I'm, hopefully somebody uh, will get something something good out of this conversation. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's it for today. And thank you, friend, for joining me. And as we launch into this new year, 2023, I am super excited about what is happening here at Moms of Tweens and Teens. There are so many different ways to get connected with other moms that are looking for support raising their tweens and teens. I really want to encourage you to check out our website, momsoftweensandteens.com. There are tons of free resources for you. There's workshops that you can sign up for. We have a three-day free training that's going to be starting up end of February. We have the inner circle that's going to be, it's our membership group that's going to be opening up the beginning of March where we go into this whole eight-week parenting program and there's mentorship groups where you can meet in on Zoom with other moms in person and they're leadership led by other mom mentors and so much good stuff for you to take advantage of. Let's make this new year a real time to connect and learn and grow and know that we're not alone and that we can all root for each other, that we can do this, that we can learn what it means to love our tweens and teens well and how to best support them and how to build a great relationship with them where we will be able to have those lifelong connections and help our kids to live their best life as well. So check it out, momsoftweensandteens.com. And also, if you are enjoying this podcast, please leave a brief review. We so appreciate it because that is how we connect with other moms and caregivers. And there's youth workers that listen, and that's how they can find us. And we just want to really spread the love here. So have a great week, and I will see you back here next Tuesday for the next episode that goes live.